A change of seasons means adventures in rain, shine, mist, or snow, or all of the above on the same day. This season, prepare for every season with the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. With all-conditioned traction and materials and features to keep you comfy and dry no matter what, you'll be ready for anything. Go to allbirds.com and use code FRESHSOCKS for a free pair of socks with your purchase. A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code FRESHSOCKS. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. I am unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest Church. I'm in my year of acceleration, accelerated progress, accelerated faith. This year, all I do is win. In Jesus' name, say la. Amen. I want you to go to Luke chapter 4, verse number 1. Again, y'all celebrate our folks watching on digital campuses and Dallas everywhere. Y'all just make some noise for Luke chapter 4, verse number 1. It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, say, Spirit filled, he returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, 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 uh, look at me. At the Jordan, Jesus, uh, you know the story. Jesus is, he's, uh, he's at the Jordan, and at the Jordan, Jesus is a firm. The dove breaks through as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. He breaks through, and you hear this voice. Say a voice. voice. Say it like your Lion King, James Earl, James Earl Jones. Say a voice. A voice. And he says, this is my beloved son, and whom I am well pleased. Right after God tells him who he is, then he says, now go on out there to the wilderness. Let's test what I said. Let's test what you now know about yourself. Touch your neighbor say, don't let the wilderness make you forget. Some, some of y'all are going to catch it in a moment. Say, Lord, I pray that my test would not cause me to forget who it is that I am. You are leading me. You are guiding me into victory. In Jesus' name, give him one more thunderous praise in this place. Father, speak now with clarity in Jesus' name. I decrease that you would increase. I pray now that you answer every question that we would leave with absolute clarity about uh, as it relates to next steps. We have declared that this last month of this calendar year that it would be payback for everything we've endured the first 11 months of this year. We speak it again in this atmosphere and we call it done in Jesus' name. Everybody sit. Amen. 
Amen. You can grab a seat. I want to teach today from this concept, how God speaks. And I want to go into part number two. Uh, uh, we are in this series called the Holy Spirit with this substratum. It's the God in you. Say it's the God in me. I encourage you to catch up on the first few messages on YouTube or Facebook or even auto message in our mobile app. But so far, we've learned that there are three experiences you can have as a Christian. You should know these by good, real good by now if you've been here for the series. The first is uh, salvation. This is also called being born again. At Harvest, we use this term, making a decision to become a Christian. We've learned that in this first experience, that's when you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. But here, more importantly, is what we learned. Salvation is the beginning. It is not the ending. Many people think that when they come to Jesus and give their lives to the Lord, that that's the end. But somebody say, it's not the ending. Say, it's the very beginning. If you think it's the ending, when you get saved, you will not see the benefit of coming to church. You won't see the benefit of serving. You won't see the benefit of giving. You won't see the benefit of living your life for Jesus because you think that that's the end. You think that you went through all your hell just to say, Jesus, I do. Now, realize that when you say, Jesus, I do, it is just the beginning of a brand new life. It is the beginning of learning a whole new way to walk. That's why it's called being born again. Why are we being born again? Because now, watch this. I learned how to walk in the old me. But like a newborn baby, I got to learn how to walk as the new me. See, the old me might want to get mad and cuss everybody out. But the new me prays for my enemies and prays for them that spitefully use me and accuse me. Y'all, I'm not talking. The old me maybe didn't want to forgive them. But the new me has to learn how to walk in forgiveness. Watch this. Even when they don't apologize. Even when they're not sorry. Even when they don't care that what they did was harmful and dangerous to you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So, so, so salvation is just the beginning. I'm learning a brand new way to walk. And the best way to learn that new to walk, way to walk takes us to the second experience, which is being spirit-filled or filled with the Spirit. So when you become a Christian, you're sealed by God's Spirit, just like this towel. That's the seal of the bishop right there. That's my seal. Okay, my seal is on this towel, but the second experience is when I am filled with that Spirit. Why is the significant difference, Bishop? Because you can be cleaned on the outside, but still be dirty jacked up messed up angry bitter rude crazy on the have you ever met somebody that when you looked at them from afar you said that person is very attractive it's okay you can be honest uh, uh, that person is very and then they started talking and you saw what they were full of y'all not talking that's why the bible says that it's what comes out of us that defiles us not what comes in us which means you could have had a whole lot of stuff thrown at you a whole lot of stuff that was placed in front of you but the bible says it's what comes out of you so when i'm filled with the spirit what's gonna come out the spirit spiritual things will come out of my life when I'm filled with the spirit but if I'm not filled with the spirit and only sealed with the spirit my natural carnal messed up jacked up Adamic nature comes out Adam what does Adam do Adam blames that's why he's lame you know you're spiritual when you stop looking for other people to blame for your stuff you know your spirit filled when before you point the finger and say, well, my mama, well, my cousin, well, my daddy, well, my uncle. When you say, no, 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 no. I take responsibility for my own life. I take responsibility for where I'm at. Why? Because, baby, I'm spirit filled. And since I'm spirit filled, that means that spiritual things are coming out of me. Watch this. The second experience is being filled with the Spirit. It's also called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So the baptism of the Spirit. Holy Ghost is the same thing as the Holy Spirit. Same thing as Spirit filled. Why am I teaching you that? So that you know that. And sometimes people try to say stuff to be deep and they don't even know what they're talking about. Just slap your neighbor high five and say, thank God I know what I'm talking about now. You know in these two things, you could go, you could out preach 99% of preachers in America right there knowing them two things. Now, 
by definition, when we're filled with the spirit, we've learned that we're filled with God's breath. That's why in Genesis it says, and the Lord breathed life into them. When you're filled with his spirit, God is always breathing life into you. That's where you, watch this, can feel so discouraged in one minute. And then two minutes later say, wait a minute, I got this. What happened in that minute? God, he breathed life into you. That's why one moment you can say, God, I just can't take these people no more. And then the next moment he'll breathe life into you. And all of a sudden you'll see past what you thought you'd never see through. Then it is God's mind. Say his mind. Okay, we've talked about that. When you're spirit-filled, God says, I give you my mind. That's why the scripture says, let this mind that was in Christ be in you also. Well, how would he do that unless he gave us access to that? He says, I'm going to show you how to think how I think. And here's how God thinks. God is a problem solver. You know you're spiritual when you don't sit back at your problems and say, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know you're spiritual when you say, there's got to be a way. I just came to preach to some people at the 915 that said, there's got to be a way. I know what the doctor said, but there's got to be a way. I know what the judge said, but there's got to be a way. I know what it looks like, but there's got to be a way. Because I've got the mind of Christ in me, which means whatever I look at, all I need to do is figure out how to solve this problem. Somebody throw your hand up in there and say, I'm a problem solver. That's his mind. Every time there was a problem, God didn't sit there and whine about it. He started solving the problem. I don't know about you. I don't like folk around me who all they want to do is sit up and talk about problems. I like people around me that say, but there's got to be a way to solve it. And God doesn't leave us up to our own uh, consciousness or our own intellectual prowess or our own erudite ability. Instead, he says, let me give you my mind so you can think like me. Which is why the apostle Paul, you can see him in Acts when the Bible says a snake bit him, a viper in particular bit him. Paul said, I got the mind of Christ. And here's what Paul says. Paul says, listen, um, I've been through way worse than this before. And Paul says, so if you think one little snake bite is going to take me out, the Bible says the snake fastened itself to Paul's hand. And everybody started watching him. We didn't go to the scriptures in the book of Acts. And everybody started watching him to see whether or not he's going to fall down and die. While everybody was watching him struggle, watch this, and not help him. I'm going to come preach to somebody. Because some of y'all, the reason you got an attitude with folk is that they saw you and they watched you struggle. And the, oh God, and the suckers didn't even try to help you. They didn't even offer to pray for you. They didn't even say, let me see what I can do to help you. They watched you struggle. I feel like preaching this morning. They didn't even try to help. But just like that snake that fastened his hand to Paul's hand, Paul looked at it and Paul put the scripture up. Paul looked at the snake after it fastened itself on its hand. And Paul, the Bible says in the next verse, that he shook the snake off into the... Look at your neighbor and say, shake that thing off, shake that thing That's how you know your spirit feels. Stuff that would have taken you out last year, you... There's somebody to just shake it all, yeah. Shake it all, yeah. Shake it. Watch this. And don't even be mad that they didn't help you. Say thank you for not helping me. Because you proved to me I didn't need you to get through it. Thank you for watching me struggle. Thank you for watching me lose sleep. Thank you for watching me. I learned how to shake it off. Watch this. 
Paul said, I got God's mind. He said, and if my God beat Calvary, what the heck is this snake? If my God beat the very worst, what the heck is this? Death, where is your sting? I'm not scared of you. Say, I got his mind. His next thing, his next thing is win. He gives us win. And I've said this a million times, and every time I say it, I get super excited about it. Because win comes against you. But when you're filled with the spirit, the win in you is greater than the wind against you. Well, what does that mean? God says, I will give you the ability to walk in what knocks other people over. S- listen to me. Stop complaining that you got to deal with certain things. When your spirit feels, God says, I gave you all the wins you need. I gave you all the win you need, which means the only thing you need to do is stop looking at your problem and start focusing on the promise maker. Stop looking at your issue and start looking at Emmanuel. Stop looking at your situation and start looking at your Savior. I didn't bring you this far and didn't give you the win you need to deal with it. Like, Lord, when is I going to have an easy day? Stop looking for those. Lord, when am I going to have a day where I can trust everybody around me? That day ain't never coming. Without, I feel like preaching. Stop, too much, too much. If there's no Judas, there is no Calvary. If there's no Judas, there's no Calvary. Stop looking for a day where there is no betrayal. If there's no betrayal, come on, let's ride now. If there's no betrayal, that means that there is no breakthrough. You, you, you touch the neighbor, stop looking for that day. What's well, well, this? What's this? He says, I'm going to give you win. Say win. Yeah. He says, I'm going to give you win so that when you're filled with that win, whatever's blowing against you, what's greater is he. Now you know what that scripture means. You've been quoting it for years and didn't know what you were talking about. When your spirit filled, now you can say greater is he. That is in me than he. Well, wait a minute. What's the wind? He says, even the wind is a he. <laughs> the wind that opposes you is not just some uh, uh, atmospherical anomaly. The wind that opposes you is a spiritual opposition. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So he says, greater is he that is, lay your hands on yourself, in me than he that's in my wind. See, you keep looking at it as a financial issue. No, baby, that's a spiritual issue. You keep looking at it as a family issue. No, baby, that's a spiritual issue. Sometimes you got to move people, places, things, and ideas out of the way and say, what's the spirit behind you? Then it means his soul is in us. His mind, say mind. Breath, say breath. Wind, say wind. Soul, say soul. And the second experience of being filled with the spirit, all of those things we are filled with. Here's the trip. Here's what we've learned so far, church, that we have to be what? Refill. Because life does what? Drain you. And I've shown you over and over in the scripture where the same people who were filled in Acts chapter 2, in the very next chapter, they got a refill. Chapter after that, you see the people getting refills. People get refills. Most people, they look at being spirit-filled as a day that we celebrate like it's an anniversary. You know, you act like you baby face. Do you know what the day is? Or not ain't baby face, who is that? Tell me, tell me, tell me. They tell me it never rains. Southern California. Watch. And instead, it should be a movement. I didn't get filled. I was filled with the precious Holy Ghost on April 14, 1972. 
Well, it explains why you're so mean today. You didn't get a refill this morning? Say, Lord, refill me with your Holy Spirit. This has got to be a daily prayer I've taught you so far. And I hope you're doing it. Because if you're not doing it, life is keeping on oops upside in your head. And you got the audacity to be mad at God. And God is like, your pastor has been in a series called the Holy Ghost. And all you had to do is ask me for some more win. Instead, you're talking about how tired you are. And really, you should have asked me for some more win. So. We've learned that when we're filled with the Spirit, he leads us. Luke 4, 1, that Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Say, Lord, lead me. Here's the question. Can you be led, though? I, 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 I want to get into this, and, and we're going to move expeditiously. But, but watch this. Anybody ever worked with people? Okay. I'll be everybody. Have you ever seen uh, how difficult people can be? Be here at such and such time. They just, they just do their own thing. Sing it like this, anime. She off singing something else. Play it like this. He's like, what song is that? Smile like this. They doing this. <laughs> I want to submit to you that if you cannot be easily led by human authority, you cannot be led easy by divine authority because you have a fundamental deficit called defiance. And the reason some of you struggle so hard for God to make things clear is because you don't listen to clear human instruction. So heaven doesn't waste time to give you divine instruction. You can't be trusted following a human. You cannot be trusted following the God of the humans. I know. Touch the neighbor and say, can you be led? One of the things that happens when you're a leader is you realize that you, 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 you only spend your poor where you're seeing results. You only invest where you're seeing a return. The highest form for a leader to, to, to issue a sign of disapproval of an individual is to not say anything when they're wrong. Because what that leader has said de facto is, I no longer care because you've wasted my poor. Why are you saying this, Bishop? When we get into how God speaks, I want to ask you something. Have you wasted his words? I'm trying. Lay your hands in yourself. Because let's be honest, all of us have. So why are you sitting there and some of y'all, the enemy trying to get in your head. See, see, see. No, stop that. Let's shut that down. Lay your hands in yourself. Say, in Jesus' name. Father, I ask for forgiveness. For wasting your poor, misusing your words, and not being led easily. In the name of Jesus, I renounce defiance, I renounce rebellion, and I declare I can be easily led in Jesus' name. You ought to give them praise in this place. No, no, no. 
Now, now, the question we've asked in the last few messages is how does God lead us? We learned that he leads us through his voice. Then I ask you this question. What's his voice sound like? And that's the issue. There's lots of misunderstandings and misinterpretation of God's voice. Do not think because you feel something or sense something that it's God or because you felt something in your gut because your left eye twitched or you saw a certain number on your alarm clock. That's not how God works. We've learned so far, God doesn't deal in the realm of feelings when leading us because feelings are fickle. They change all the time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yesterday, I was with some of my family, and we would, we would uh, go for going different places, all that, and, 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 and I'm trying to figure out what we're going to eat because I said the first order of business is eating. I said the first order of business, I said I ain't care nothing about them stores. I said I got to eat. Because I don't eat war unto he who is in the stores. <laughs> I'm not myself when I'm hungry. I'm just joking. And, and, and watch this. And, and at one point, we looked at certain, and so then, my, watch this. My mouth developed a taste for what it saw. So I looked at one particular restaurant and said, ooh, that, I want that. That's good. And then, oh, that is here. Okay. Oh, that's clothes. Oh, okay. Oh, this. Huh? So while I'm sitting at the table, unbeknownst to them, in my mind, I'm trying to make myself feel good about what I'm getting ready to eat. Because my mind had decided I didn't want that. Why doesn't God deal in the realm of your feelings? Because he knows that they will change when you see something else. When Jesus was on his way to Calvary, the Lord knew, watch this, uh, it looked easy and expedient to not go to the cross. That's why he's like, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to drink this because I saw an option out. I don't want to deal with this because I saw a way out. I don't want to deal with this pain because I saw a way out. And watch this. If you used to be a runner, you will often see ways out of things where you should not see ways out of things. And so you got to be careful because you'll call it God. It ain't God. It's your feelings. Your feelings see options and you like options because you don't want to fail with the thing you're supposed to succeed at. Watch. So, 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 so the first thing you need to know we've learned is that whatever you want the most talks the loudest. Listen to me, including your insecurities and toxic thoughts. If you want to believe you're not good enough, listen, that's what's going to talk the loudest. Some people want to believe that because it's a justification for never doing anything. I can't do it. I'm not good at that. I don't have what it takes. So because you want to believe that, that's what talks the loudest. And it'll start hollering and screaming at you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And because it says it so often, you'll be like, I, I think that's God. I think that's God telling me to just pursue another path. Are you hearing me? Toxic thoughts. If that's what you want, the toxicity of your thoughts is going to speak the loudest. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Now, which is daily, what did we learn we have to pray? All this is review. I'm going to get to the new stuff in a minute. Touch your name and say, we're going to new stuff in a minute. Which is daily while we have to pray this. Lord, not my will, your will be done. Lord, not my will, your will be done. Say it one more time. Not my will, your will be done. Let's say it with Lord this time so we clear who we're talking to. Because your neighbor might think you're talking to them. Say, Lord, Lord not, my will, not my will, your will be done. Here, here's what that means, though. That means exactly that. God, listen to me. Can I say something real strong to you, 915? Come on, sit up close. We're good, me and you. He doesn't care how you feel about it. 
Bishop Buchanan, the Lord doesn't care about me. Oh, no, he cares about you. But he's totally disengaged from how you feel about his will. Why is that important to know? Because you will sit up and have complaint sessions about stuff. God is like, are you done yet? Well, I just don't understand. I just understand. And you'll sit there, Lord, the way these people did me. And he's like, okay, great. Okay, you done? Right. I thought you said my will, not your will. The reason you're so emotional is because it was never my will. It was always your will. The reason some people are always depressed and discouraged and up and down and up and down is because you prayed it, but you didn't mean it. It was always your will. It was never his will. You just said it. Didn't mean it. Because the moment he started doing his thing, then you were like, wait a minute. You said, Lord, use me. So he broke you. <laughs> That's how he has to. He can't use somebody that he ain't broke first. See, the deeper you're hurt, the greater you can be used to heal. You can only be used to the extent you can be broken. You can only be used to the extent that, that, that your will can die. And so watch this. Watch this. Please understand. Say, say Lord, Lord, your will, not my will be done. So we've learned that there's four voices that can be talking to us, all right? One, you talking to yourself, which is where you manifest your own will in a third person's voice. You'll make up what you want to do and then say, I heard God. It's really you and somebody else's voice. Second is people's unbiblical opinions replaying. We've learned that, right? I'm just doing review. We're going to get to new stuff in just a minute. You got to be careful with people's unbiblical opinions because they will sound spiritual. Y'all need to make this work. You hate them. They hate you. The only time y'all get along is when it's oil and vinegar, when y'all are shaking. When y'all have an enemy, y'all come together. When y'all don't have an enemy, you make each other the enemy. Ain't nothing about that to make work. It's quiet. Okay? Okay? Y'all, 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 they will give you all of these unbiblical opinions about what you need to do, and they'll have a scripture to back it up. And the scripture they do have doesn't apply. Okay? You ever heard somebody say this? You ever heard somebody say this? You ever heard somebody say, first is God. Watch this. Then it's your spouse. Then it's your family. I'm going to ask everybody in here. Where is that at in the book? It's not. Well, Mr. what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that's not in the book. In fact, Jesus makes it very clear. Jesus says, your devotion to me. For some of you will turn mother against daughter, father against son. He says a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He says because if they won't put me first, you're going to have to make a choice. And it might not be them. That's your Bible. People say God is just, God wants peace for everyone. That ain't in the book. He says he'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding. What the book says, Jesus says, I came to bring a sword. He said, I came to throw down. I came to make some stuff happen. I didn't come to take sides. Jesus essentially said, I came to take over, which means he, he, he said, listen, there might be some rumble in the jungle. That's the book. But somebody will give you their unbiblical opinion of well, what's going to just make everybody peaceful. So then you'll ignore 800-pound elephants in the room for the sake of peace, which isn't really peace. It is simply passivity because you won't deal with the issue. And you all did it because you listened to somebody's unbiblical opinion that says, God just wants peace. 
But Bishop Dennis say, blessed are the peacemakers mm -hmm, with whom you can make peace. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes making peace with people is realizing they're crazy. And just saying, you crazy, and that's just who you are, and I make peace with it. I say it again. Sometimes to make peace with folk, you just got to say, listen, y'all, Darlene is crazy. She always been crazy. She just been crazy. That's who she is. And I made peace with the fact that she ain't going to change. So no, I'm not going to the barbecue until she leave. Because why? Because she crazy. C-R-A-Z-Y. She ain't got no alibi. Watch. Number three. Satan talking. When Satan talks, he mixes facts and fiction together to play you out of position. Fourth, we learn when God speaks. Somebody say, bingo. God's voice is found in God's leading, and most often it does not appear in an audible voice. Stop looking for burning bushes. If so, you might need to call the, for, uh, the, the, the police because you might have an issue with, with the forest department. Forest department. Might have an issue with the fire department, excuse me. Fire department, excuse me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. If you see a burning bush, call somebody. Run for it, run for it, run. Okay, watch. Watch. Most people are looking for something that isn't even precedent. God, if it's you, just, just, just say something. And God says, you've been here since 915. I have been speaking since 915. If you ain't heard me yet, then evidently you are looking for something that ain't coming. It's quiet in the church. Such a neighbor say, God's been speaking. Let's go to fifth gear. In fact, there's very few times where God spoke audibly. Just because you hear voices does not mean you hear God. And you need to know that if God speaks, God never contradicts his word. I've heard a lot of Christians say a lot of stuff that God said, and I said, you are a liar. And I know you're a liar because that directly contradicts his word. God would never say something that contradicts what he said. How then can you have a basis of truth? I can't have a basis of truth if he can contradict what he said. Uh-huh. Matthew 24, 35. Let's just walk it out. I'm good. I'm almost through. Matthew 24, 35. Y'all with me? Matthew 24, 35. Here's what it says. Matthew 24 and 35. It says this. Heaven and earth will what? Pass away. Okay. Look, look at your name and say, all this will be gone before God ever goes against what he said. Your car will be gone, your house will be gone, the streets will be gone, the earth will be gone. All of this will pass away. He says, but my words, words there is plural, which means rhema and logos. We got into this on Wednesday. Rhema is what God is saying based on what he has said. Logos is what God has said. And so on Wednesday, we learned the first two primary ways that God speaks. The first way is rhema. Say rhema. Rhema is what God is saying through what he said. This happens through your pastor. In case you don't know who that is, that's me. Jeremiah 3.15, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge. That's what to do and understanding. That's how to do it. That's rhema. Say rhema. rhema. Notice God didn't say he do it himself, but he gives somebody to do it for you. So for everybody who's got friends who say, I love God, but I don't love church, what they're really saying is I don't love God's word because I cannot love God's word and I'm disobey and defy the way he said I'm going to give you rhema, which is why you got a lot of folks sitting up saying stuff, but they're not showing forth any results or any fruit because they are dis. They are disqualifying and disconnecting themselves from rhema. Say, I need rhema. 
which is why if you come to church with expectation, I think I got some witnesses here, God will always answer every question. Rhema is what God is saying based on what he has already said. That's why you can come in here and hear a verse that was said 2,000 years ago, but it speaks something fresh to you today because you just got some rhema. In practicality, Matthew 4, 4 says this, that man cannot live by bread alone, but by the rhema that comes out of the mouth of God, which means if you're missing rhema, you're missing life. And I'm going to say something to folks that are in church every week. Just because you're here doesn't mean you're hearing. It is important to make sure that you do what the scripture says, study to show yourself approved, which means once I hear the word, I need to do, listen for instructions. I need to listen for directives. I need to listen for what to do next. Now that I know this is rhema, I got to make sure I don't let anything keep me away from the rhema that God has ordained for my life. So check this out. So when you come to harvest, you're hearing exactly what God wants you here to hear, exactly what God wants you to hear. Which is why I always encourage you to go back through the messages on YouTube, Facebook, or auto message, because you are literally getting a recording of what God is saying for your life right now. You may say, well, Bishop, I'm not dealing with that right now. Mm -hmm, because it's about to come. Sometimes what you're hearing today ain't for what you're dealing with today. Sometimes it's preparation for what's coming on Monday morning. Y'all not talking to me. Somebody's hollering, thank God for rainbow. So when you're listening to the rhema, remember, rhema is what's being preached to you, what's being taught to you based on what God has already said. Logos, that's his written word, just like Legos, but it's not L-O-G-O-S. God says, I give you logos, and from logos, I'll give you a man of God who will preach to you. When he preaches to you, he'll give you rhema, which means when he's saying something to you that I said thousands of years ago, it'll be fresh for you today. Say, thank God for rhema. So when you're listening, listen for directives, not just confirmation, because you'll hear what wasn't said and you'll miss what was said. Which is why Luke 8, 18 says this, therefore take heed to how you listen, take heed to how you hear. In other words, don't just listen to the messages just for information, to know, listen for the uh, messages for actions to take. Most folk come to church, and that, that's good, that's good, that's good. Ooh, child, he's saying that's good, that's good. Say, they say, ooh, Mitsubishi, Subaru, and Honda. And then leave and do nothing. But you, you are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. Now, 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 Jeremiah 23, 4, say Rhema. This is how God speaks. This is why we come to church, why I can hear what God is speaking. Don't get it twisted. I'm not saying at all I'm God. Don't walk out of here with a Denver attitude and say, that man said he's God. You did not listen to what I said. God speaks through a man of God to give you rhema based on his logos. Say, thank God for rhema. For some of you, this rhema kept you from taking your life. For some of you, this rhema kept you from making some of the worst decisions in your life. For some of you, this rhema got you out of discouragement, got you out of depression, put your family back together, got your marriage back together. I think there's some people in this church that can be thankful that there's a place full of rhema. Somebody holler, thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 23, 4. God said, I will set up shepherds over them. Pastors, that's what shepherd means. Who will feed them and they shall what? Fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says who? The Lord. If you have fear or dismay, that's stress, discouragement, beaten down and broken down, or if you have lack, listen to me, look at me, look at me, look at me, you look at me, that means you have ignored some rhema. I'm going to say it again. If you have fear, if you have lack in any way, if you're stressed, discouraged, beaten down or broken down, somehow, some way, you have not heeded rhema. And while you're asking God to speak, God's saying, I've already spoken. What did I already say? 
You'll leave out of church on Sunday afternoon and say, Lord, I just don't know what to do. I just have a question. What have we been doing all morning? He's been speaking. Say, speak, Lord. He's been speaking. That's why when you come to harvest, I don't have some warmed over message I heard from somebody else. I didn't download my message from the family Christian store. Somebody say, this is fresh rhema. I can tell who's not receiving this rhema. It's reflective in their lives. And sadly, some leaders aren't even getting the rhema. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because watch this. Whatever you're receiving, you reflect. Let me say again. Whatever you're receiving, you reflect. Which means when you're receiving rhema, it's reflective in your life. It's reflected in your attitude. It's reflected in how you handle business. It's reflected in how you treat people. It's reflected in how you take correction. It's reflected in how you handle responsibilities. Say rhema. God says every Sunday, every Wednesday, and Monday nights, I'm giving you rhema. So if you're saying, why am I not speaking? He says, it's because you're not listening. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You want your own personal burning bush. And God says, I don't do it like that. Number two way God speaks is logos. Say logos. That's God's word. That's what he's already said. That's his written word. That's what logos refers to. It's a Greek word. Rhema and uh, logos are Greek words. His voice is best found in a verse. Which is why we have the Harvest Mobile app. So that you can have the Bible. Watch this. Listen, we didn't make it so convenient. You don't even have to know how to read. You can click the button and it'll read to you. But sadly, watch this. If I was to ask how many people do the daily Bible reading, um, you know, we, we might need to see a little bit more participation there. Why? Because the enemy knows that when those verses starts flowing, his voice starts flowing. So if he can keep you away from the verses, he can keep you away from his voice. Because, see, the moment you wake up in the morning, you're like, God, I just am so mad about this. You'll hear a verse that'll be exactly what you need. So while you're trying to beat somebody else for what they did, it'll be a verse about how the Lord opened up the earth and consumed them all. You're like, you know what? I ain't even mad about what they did no more, Lord. Forgiveness, forgiveness. Mercy is falling. Mercy is falling. Psalm 119, 105. Let's walk. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Bible is a lamp. Lamp there means it makes it easy to see what to do. And a light means it makes decisions clear. Say the word is my lamp and my light. I know what to do because the word makes it clear what not to do. So when my, watch this, when my flesh and my emotions want to do this, but the word says do that, it's an easy decision. I got to do what the, what the word says. When I want to go up, but the word says go down, I got to do what the, when I want to go left, but the word says go right, I got to do what the word says. When the word becomes your lamp and your light, decisions become very easy. Stuff's only hard because you're trying to use artificial light from your phone. You are not using the light. What do you mean from my phone? You're trying to get a social media meme to figure out what you should do. It's amazing that for many Christians, not you, you're spiritual, but somebody on your road, they get more word from Instagram than they do from the Bible. Because they'll look at somebody's Instagram but they say, that's good, that's good. What does the Bible say about it? What does the Word say? Instagram ain't your lamp and your life. The Word is. Somebody say, thank God for His Word. 
He says, it's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Feet there in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament, it means the ability to endure my journey. So God says, I'll give you my word so it's easy for you to endure your journey. Can I just be honest? There's been times I just said, Lord, I said, Lord, I'm strong. But even the strong want to cut somebody sometime. I didn't say that part. I said, Lord, I'm strong. I'm a gladiator. I fight. And then watch this. And then I just, and then, and, then, and, then, and then I go to the word. My bishop has been passed away now for a couple of years. And, uh, and so, but I still, he still, his voice still has authority in my life from the grave. So I'll put it on and then he'll get to preach and I'll say, well, everything's fine. I'm good. All is well. Praise the Lord. Everything's good. Let's figure out how we're going to get this done. Why? Because I got some rhema from the logos and I got the ability to endure my journey. So I want to encourage you very practically. Start with going through the scriptures during the message. Why do I tell you what the scriptures say? Why do they put them on the screen? So you can write them down and when you listen to it, you can go look at it for yourself. Some of y'all, you're trying to do stuff that's just too much. Trying to do too much. Touch your neighbor and say, stop doing too much. I'm going to read the entire Bible in the month of December. I'm going to, I'm going to, that's too much. I'm not saying it's not a nice goal, but you're going to get frustrated. And if you don't get it done, then you're going to abandon the whole project. Just start and be in sync with your leader. So if I preach this today, what in the world are you talking about? Bishop, I was in Revelation. I'm not in Revelation. That ain't where we at. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying, why don't you just stay in sync? Just walk it out. Touch your neighbor and say, just walk it out. And do the daily Bible reading in your app. Those are two simple things. If you say, Bishop, I don't know where to start. Start with the scriptures you got today and start with that daily Bible reading in the app. Did I mention it's free? And it's not really free. It costs money, to be honest with you. It's free because of the faithful giving of the people to harvest. Amen. Number three, can I give you these last two? Can I get these last two? Here's the third way God speaks, through prayer, praise, and worship. Simply speaking, prayer, praise, and worship is an exchange. When we give him praise, he gives us peace. We cast our cares on him, he gives us a strategy to conquer. We give him our worries, he gives us a strategy to win. Check this out, though. Zephaniah 317. Here's what you need to know about praise and worship and prayer, praise, and worship. All three of them together. Say all three together. Okay, these are not just songs. These are not just nice things to take up some time until I get the mic. Okay? All right. Zephaniah 317. The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. Verse number 17. He will rejoice over you with gladness. Say gladness. Gladness. He will quiet you with his love. Touch the name and say hush. Say he loves you. Listen to this last part. He will rejoice over you. With singing. What's that mean, Bishop? Doing praise and worship, when we say Jesus is my help, even though you're singing it, Zephaniah says it's God singing it over. He shall rejoice over you with singing, which means when we sing a song, it's already done. Even though we're singing it, the scripture says God is singing it over you, which means God has been speaking since the worship experience started, and he's been singing some stuff over you. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, sing over me, Lord. Sing. He sings over you. Watch this. For every mountain that he's brought you over and for every trial he's seen you through, he sings over you that he's your help. He's singing over you. Say he's singing over me. He says, I'm singing over you. So if you want to know what I think about you today, I just sang it to you. 
And when you sang it, that's why you can't just sit there and watch them sing. Why? Because God says, I'm singing over you. So when we sing, we worship you in spirit and truth, even though we're singing it to him. What is really happening is that he's singing it to us. Think of it. When you start singing, the Bible says God inhabits the tehillah of his people, the singing of his people. So check this out. When he inhabits the singing or the tehillah of his people, praises of his people is what it says, but there's a word there, tehillah. God says, I take the throne. Which means when you're singing, God says, I'm singing over you, you singing over me, we singing over we. And he says, I take the throne to start making decisions about you. Which is why you should do everything you can to be here as soon as the experience starts. Why? So you can be the most radical in praise and worship. Why? Because God says, let's get to talking. You sing it to me, I'll sing it back to you. You tell me I'm great, I'll tell you I'm great, and I'll tell you you're great. You tell me you love me, I'll tell you I love you, we'll tell you we love each other. Say, he's singing over me. Here's the last way, last way I'm going to get to today. I'll finish it on Wednesday. Uh, here's the last way, the fourth way God speaks that I'll cover today. I'll get the other ones on Wednesday. Does anybody say, don't miss Wednesday? If you can't be here, stream it. I says, uh, Job 38 and 1. Say, through a storm. This is where we go to work. Job 38 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Whirlwind means storm. And he said to him, verse 2, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Verse 3, now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you will answer me. Now, now look at me. Job. Look, look at me, touch the name and say, we're going to go to 10 real fast. What does that mean? It's just going to mean we're going to get real excited real fast. All right. I, I just wanted to teach you. I want to just take some time to make sure you got this today. God says, Job had lost everything. In two days, Job loses everything. On one day, a messenger comes, said, your kids are dead. Uh, you lost everything. Everything's gone. The Bible says he falls to his knees in worship. A few days later, another messenger comes to him and says, hey, um, have you looked at yourself in the mirror lately? I was like, no, I haven't. He says, there's boils all over your body. He says, now your body's been attacked. He says, day one, all your stuff was taken. Next day, you mess with. God says, you can do anything you want to, devil. You just can't kill it. Satan says, I bet you he'll curse you. God says, let's see. I bet you I can trust him with trouble. And he won't give up on me. Wink at somebody and say he trusted you with that. <laughs> Stop sitting up like, God, why did I go through this? And why this? God says, I trusted you with that. To some single parent, I trusted you to do the job of two people, and I knew you could get it done. Somebody holler, he trusted me with that. After all of that, Job, though, goes through some rough days, primarily because of his friends. He has three friends that come, and his friends start telling him all kind of crazy stuff. And when his friend, you got to be careful who's around you, especially when you're in a storm. Because when you're in a storm, if you got the wrong people around you, they'll have you quitting church, quitting God, quitting giving. They'll have you quitting all the wrong stuff because you got a sucker around you. And can I just, can I just get a little, 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 can I just get a little 901? Can I get a little Memphis for just a little minute? You got to be careful that you don't have suckers around you when you need to surge. You need to make sure you don't have the wrong people around you when you need to break through. If they're telling you to pull back, you need to shut them up because it is not time to pull back. It's time to... 
it's time to press forward. So Job's friends were giving him all this mixed counsel. And Job started to say, Lord, I curse the day I was born. I wish I was never born. And, 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 and Lord, this is crazy what I'm going through. This is crazy what I'm dealing with. And God responds to him. Job 38.1. Put up verse 1. The Lord spoke to him out of the whirlwind. And the Lord spoke to him out of the whirlwind. Say storm. God says, Job, you needed a storm because you wouldn't listen otherwise. Sometimes God allows you to hurt so that you'll finally hear. Sometimes he allows pain so you can finally perceive. And it's not an audible voice. It's a principle revealed. The storm shows you what you often refuse to see. The Lord answered him out of an accident. The Lord answered him out of being fired. The Lord answered him after losing his marriage. Oh, y'all will catch it in a minute. The Lord answered him after his business failed. The Lord answered him after he didn't have enough money to get what he wanted. Y'all are catching it in a minute. The Lord answered him when he got a bad doctor's report. The Lord answered him when everybody walked out. The Lord answered him out of a storm. Say, thank God for my storms. And look at what God says in verse number three. He says, act like a man. He says, because Job, all this sad sulking around. He says, to be honest, you're kind of ticking me off. You're not some boy. You're not some child. You're not some irresponsible, immature person. He says, Joe, prepare yourself like a man. And can I tell some ladies in here, you better catch the revelation of the scripture. It wasn't about femininity or masculinity. It was about mentality. He said, I need you to act like you are a king. I need you to act like you are the head and not the tail. I need you to prepare yourself like a man. Slap somebody, high five, say, act like a man. Not femininity, not masculinity, but mentality. He said, Job, I need you to stop acting like you're a victim here. I need you to stop acting like woe is you here. I need you to stop walking with your head down like it's not going to get better. I need you to realize I'm speaking to you through your storm. Job, for all these years, you thought your stuff made you. You're not hearing me. He says, Job, for all these years, you thought them kids made you. You thought that house made you. You thought that stuff made you. This storm just revealed to you none of your stuff made you. This storm reveals to you that. Somebody ought to thank God for your storm. The car don't make you. The house don't make you. The marriage don't make it. Your kids don't make it. It is the Lord. He is my maker. Somebody say, he's my maker. He said, Joe, for all these years, you thought this stuff made you. You needed to lose this stuff so you'd realize I made you. And if I decide one day I don't like your little sorry attitude, I'll break you. Y'all not hearing me. Somebody say, it was the Lord that made me. It was the Lord. I think there's some witnesses in here that can say, if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, I wouldn't even be standing today. Wave your hand, say, the Lord made me. You're not doing that well in business because of you. You're doing that well because the, the Lord made you. You're not doing well today because of you. You're doing that well because the Lord made you. The Lord's making me quit because I'm out of time. Quit the message, rather. The storm speaks. 
Say the storm speaks. You weren't so busy rebuking it. You could hear. I don't have time to go deeper. I got to quit this message. Say the storm speaks. It's talking loud too. Some of the storm is saying, you don't listen. So the only way I get your attention was to stir some stuff up. Some of you, the storm is saying, you're too merciful to the wrong people. Some of you, the storm is saying, you too mean to everybody. For some of you saying, you're lazy. You want everything handed to you. You don't want to work for anything. I know that's kind of rough for 915. For some of you, the storm is saying, for some of you, the storm is saying, you're so smart. Let's get those actions to rise up. For some of you, the storm is saying, why aren't you over there yet? That happened years ago. Have you ever given that person power to run your emotions? Say the storm speaks. Say, Lord, what is my storm saying? And some of you may be like, Bishop, I'm not in a storm. Keep living. And when it comes next time, don't rebuke it. Don't say, Lord, get me out. Instead, say, Lord, I'm listening. That's a good place to put a praise on it. Lord, I'm listening. With the heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm out of time. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.